Yes, we are. Three, a two, a one. Welcome, dear listener. This is podcast number eight of the Little Big and Partners Backstage Sessions. Indeed. With me is on the other side of the microphone. Hans de Meyer. You can call me Hans. <laughs> and on this side, it's Tom Brakelers, but you can call me Tom Brakelers. Anyway... What have you been up to, Hans? It's been a while since the last podcast. Yes, indeed, it has been quite a while. Um, what have I been doing? Um, well, a bit the same as usual, uh, enjoying life, first of all. Um, I went to um, a great event, an open rugby event. Uh, open rugby, yeah. enlighten me. Well, I, I wasn't even aware that it existed in Belgium, but Belgium, Belgium has got a real rugby culture, at least in a very small area somewhere near Dendermonde of all villages. And so it's an international gathering with US people, Scottish guys, uh, Italian teams, and they play like for one weekend, they, they play a rugby event. It's quite interesting to see you. You're with a lot of <clears throat> tough guys. You'd rather be very gentle with, um, and I, I happened to be there with a VIP invitation. So there was like good food, good drinks. Met quite a lot of interesting people, and it was the ideal occasion for me to practice all kinds of calibration exercises, observation stuff. Look at people, see how they talk, influence them. And even do some hypnosis on the way. Oh, so it was really, yeah. it was excellent. Yeah, we had a, a great time. So, right. yeah, having a great time is, is what I do like most of the time. And then in between, I tend to do a few things to make a living <laughs> that in general are also really cool things like um, giving some operational support in some companies, giving some keynotes left and right, inspiring people helping people, well, helping is maybe not the ideal world uh, word, but um, kicking fun. That's what I do. Yeah. All right. Great. Yeah. And what's your story? Well, what's my story? Uh, I've been also doing quite a lot of the same uh, as, uh, as previous <laughs> podcast. A uh, couple of really interesting uh, sessions as well, some keynotes, and uh, a really interesting debate with uh, one of the leading psychiatrists in, uh, in Belgium, Dirk de Wachter. And Ant Simons, who uh, who is a former Olympic athlete uh, in uh, judo, uh, mm -hmm. she won yeah. a bronze medal in the Sydney Olympics. Wow. Yeah, uh, and we, we we put them together to discuss about mindset of entrepreneurship and that's uh, interesting, and also uh, resilience, uh, mental mm -hmm. resilience. Then, so yeah, it was really I sense a little subject for podcast number eight, <laughs> or even maybe podcast number nine and ten yes, and eleven. Yes, who yes. knows? Interesting. Uh, yeah. well, one of the keynotes I did was. On, uh, on on mindset indeed, but mm -hmm. in terms of innovation, and that yeah. triggers a lot of attention from people apparently mm -hmm. yeah. uh, that are interested to understand what the innovation mindset actually yeah. is. So maybe that's, that's one cool. of the things yeah. we yeah. we could discuss. Yeah, and and if I would invite you to introduce the topic of innovation and innovative mindsetting. How would you how would you start? How would I start? Well, with a few words. Um, well, uh, the innovation mindset, the uh, the basic principle behind it is that many companies today are struggling to understand why certain startup companies are able to disrupt their business model 
when they are not able to. Mm-hmm. Or they are from the inside out, they're trying to do different things and they're struggling to do these new innovative things. While they see a startup with a few people in the back of a garage, uh, making something, developing some code, launching that, renewing that code and be very successful. And and what is the, the main difference between these two mindsets? Mm-hmm. And uh, why are they successful? Well, uh, to, to get straight to the core of what I think is the, the fundamental difference is if you look at big corporates or incumbents, as they are called, um, what they do when they see something on the horizon, when they see a challenge, when they see a new technology arising, when they see a change in market trends, when there's a political decision or whatever, uh, they always do an analysis and everyone makes an analysis. Uh, and the analysis that they often do is a risk analysis. Suppose this goes through what will happen to our company. What's the worst scenario? What's the best scenario? How can we maybe even get an insurance against that? The number of Brexit insurance policies that are being closed is is just incredible. Uh, And that's because people make a risk analysis. Nothing wrong with that, but that's the mindset they have. Well, if you look at on the opposite side of the angle, uh, what startups are doing with the same challenges, with the same market changes, with the same technology, with the same shift in legislation, they look at it as an opportunity. So they also make an analysis, but an entrepreneur is rather making a opportunity analysis than a risk analysis. And you can say, okay, it's just a word of difference. No, the the wording is indeed just one word of difference, opportunity analysis versus risk analysis. But the mindset behind it is completely opposite. It's more of a, as an entrepreneur, you have more this positive-minded mindset, while as an incumbent, you have this negative mindset where a, uh, and I think it was one of the previous podcasts we discussed, the away from and the towards uh, Mm -hmm. mentality. A startup has more of a towards mentality, towards a solution for a certain problem, towards being a, a uh, an entrepreneur that has some added value in yeah. the, in the world versus the away from mentality oh we have a problem we have a challenge we have a potential disruption yeah. we need to get away from that yeah. and what can we do to get away from that as you are as you are telling the story uh, the, the image of of the, the the generally known SWOT analysis pops in my mind where yes. if i hear you the entrepreneurs have SWOT analysis with, with I mean, the, the, the corporates with, with a, a, a capital W and a T on, on mm. uh, the weaknesses and the threats or on away from and a lot of thinking. Mm. And the young entrepreneurs focus on, on the S and the O, which are strengths and opportunities, but maybe also a lot of sensitivity, emotion, and a lot of opportunities. So that's... Um, a way of looking at things. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, it's positive versus uh, well, negative is is maybe mm-hmm. the wrong word because yeah. it's not necessarily a negative mindset. Yeah. It's, it's I think more... it's closer to what we in in our business development uh, workshop of a couple of years ago we called the the leading and the lagging KPIs. Yes, the, the young guys will focus on this is what we do and the outcome will be fine. And the yeah. corporates will say, like, if we do this, this will be the outcome. And mm, it's too risky. Yeah. yeah. 
And and just compare notes on uh, when do uh, when does a certain organization take a certain decision to do a project, for instance. If you go to a corporate, even an innovation board, mm -hmm. as they, they call themselves sometimes, if you go to one of these innovation boards and you say, we have the, this new idea, this new project, chance of success 20 to 30%. They will probably say, oh, no, let's not do it. It's Computer too risky. Says no. Computer says no. <laughs> uh, while if you talk to a startup and you say, uh, well, chance of success are 20 to 30%, they say, what? That much? That's great. Because the average success rate of a startup is around 7%. Yeah. So uh, when the odds are totally against you, and you still continue, that means that 20 or 30% is way better than mm -hmm. the odds. Yeah. So yeah. it's 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 really strange to see mm -hmm. that difference in opinion yeah. just yeah. On, on one aspect of that. And I think the, the Disney method we also referred to in previous uh, editions is, is uh, something to really use and, and use creatively in, in which the mindset is you start with a dream, with something you, you want to realize. And instead of falling into the yes, but and computer says no, <laughs> you get into an action driven scenario. What would it take us to do all this? Mm -hmm. And then you just challenge the actions and not the dream or, or yeah, you and the don't dream kill stays the idea. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's the important yeah. thing is, yeah. uh, and the yes, but kills any dream yeah. every single yeah. time. Just and imagine. I think we, we can both agree <laughs> oh, that yeah. if we do this in, in workshops and we invite people to have conversations with uh, an interesting and reflex instead of a yes, but whenever they yeah. are attacked or offended, like yeah, interesting and what makes you feel whatever that it's awkward for them to do. Yeah. But then on the other hand, you, you you feel a true difference in the dynamics in a conversation. In the yes, but it's briefly, you don't see anyone smile. You see, you sense aggressive, uh, some form of, uh, yeah, maybe aggressiveness, not, but, yeah, you know, it's like violence in the air. Mm -hmm. And in the interesting end, it's curiosity and it's it's fun and it's smiling, it's discovering. And, yeah. uh, and it opens up uh, quite a lot of new uh, new horizons. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's you learn so many things by just asking questions. So yeah. the the yeah. yes but reflex kills yeah. that that yeah. uh, questioning mood. Yeah. Uh, while if you do interesting and mm -hmm. uh, compared to yeah. yes but, uh, if you do an interesting yeah. and you 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 are obliged to ask yes, a question absolutely, because uh, yeah. and you can you, you hear them what, coming when, in, yeah. in meetings like uh, oh yeah well john i think your idea was really excellent and maybe in view of the economic situation it, it, it's it's perfect comma but, but. <laughs> we're not <laughs> going to do it there it is yeah <laughs> it's it's such a bus killer yes, that yeah, yes yeah, but yeah. and people get very creative in how they say it because uh, even a workshop when you say yeah. you cannot use yes but they say but can we use no but? No but. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, and, no. And, and, yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. a meeting where uh, there were two um, partners in, in a company and one of the partners was explaining the whole challenge they were facing. And then after 20 minutes, the other one took over and he says, well, what he said is right, but... <laughs> and so my reflex was, okay, what he said was bullshit. Now I'll listen to you. <laughs> Give me the true story. Yeah, and people pick up on that. It's not like uh, you yeah. can say, oh, he said that it was all right. Yeah. Just that word, but uh, after that, he is right, yes. but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that means that you just killed yeah. everything before. You might have 
never said it, it would it would have had the same effect. I think you're a great guy, but, but yeah. What do you mean? I'm not a great guy? No, 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 no. no, no I didn't no. say that. <laughs> but. But you said but. So you mean another great guy. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> and it's amazing. I'm, I'm listening to this book by Daniel Kahneman on uh, thinking fast and slow. Mm-hmm. And the more I listen to it while driving, the more I get also a better idea of how we actually encode information and what it does with the way we, we see the world the way we make decisions, the way we will look at challenges or problems. And, well, there's two interesting conclusions. One, that it's fairly easy as a marketeer or a coach to to influence people mm-hmm. and to direct them into a certain direction. But on the other hand, there's a lot of pitfalls as well, where, where the challenge you're just mentioning about innovative thinking. I mean, he the, Kahneman talks about a system one and a system two uh, thinking. Uh, what we at the brain pirates call the pirates and lazy captain, <laughs> but actually the, the bottom line is the same: that you, you your system one absorbs information, and as long as it's coherent with what you expect and what you think, it's going to be truth. And your system two, which is the a lazy but more rational mm-hmm. thing, sleeps and just wakes up every now and then to check, to do some cross checking, to to do some fact checking. But then I can imagine that if if as a, a, a manager, you you see things happening or you see some success stories, but opposed to these ones, this one success, you see 10 failures, the associations you start making in your mind are, we're not going to take any risks because you see only one in whatever uh, works. So I, I don't really feel it. Whereas it, it, it it's a, an, an intensifying process, which in the end makes people not take any initiative anymore, even though if you would tell them, yeah, but you know, the chances are that it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to do it, right? And they prefer yeah. to spend 90% of their energy on the 10% that things might fail instead of using it for the 90% that it might work. Just because yeah. for them, it's logic. It's going to fail. We're not going to do it. And it paralyzes organizations, yeah. but also individuals, people mm-hmm. who would like to change something in their lives and they just don't succeed in it and they keep on postponing it and and they don't know why and they would like to, but they don't do it. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it is indeed a, a strange thing to see that happening because that's a, a fixed mindset, as it's called, and, yeah. and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. within that mindset. Absolutely. Because at the same time, you have this confirmation bias where your brain is just looking for confirmation all the time of what it's thinking yeah. and it's not receptive to anything that's against that yeah. frame of thinking yeah. so and even if if what's what is suggested is truth and you have basic facts and figures to prove the contrary the system mm-hmm. one will say no 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 I'm not even listening. I, I don't trust yeah. the facts and the figures. I, I trust yeah. my guts. So, yeah. uh, and I think that the, the, the older people and the, the bigger companies trust their negative guts and the younger ones trust their positive guts. Like, hey, this is going to work. This is going to fail. Well, the, the, the thing is also, it's sort of uh, the legacy that you carry mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And, and the, the reason why these big companies became so big is because in the past they've done things in a certain way that got them to the point where they are now. So you cannot say you've been wrong all along because if they were wrong all along, 
they would not exist Absolutely, anymore. Yeah. So yeah. there is some kind of, of yeah. belief system that got them to the point where they are now. These startups, they don't have that legacy. Mm-hmm. They don't have that belief system. Yeah. So for them, anything goes, anything is possible, and uh, everything mm-hmm. is an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's only when these two worlds start to meet... Uh, when when you see that the, there's a collision between yeah. the, the corporate world and the startup world, that this mindset spillover is going in both directions because it's not just companies looking at startups and what can we learn from them, mm-hmm. but also startups that sometimes need to look at what can we learn from corporates yeah. Uh, yeah. on, on uh, governance, for instance, or on uh, operational efficiency or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that there, there's on the intersection of these two worlds, there's a really interesting dynamic. Yeah. But that dynamic also causes that these two belief systems, uh, the anything goes for startups yeah. and the uh, let's not do this uh, because it mm-hmm. will probably fail yeah. from the corporate world is being challenged. And yeah. whenever you, you challenge a belief system, you get frustration, you yep. get anger, you get anxiety, yep. you get change, you get yes. all these things that make our life so interesting. Yeah, yeah. And as you are telling, I'm, I'm seeing this image of granddad and grandson, because that's actually what it's all yes. about. Granddad with yeah. a lot of experience, a lot of proven track records, etc. And then grandson in a sort of naive, spontaneous mood. And the fact that they have two different belief systems is not an issue in it. But how do they communicate how will granddad succeed in just passing relevant information onto grandson without the latter being offended? And how will the younger one contaminate the older one with sort of a spark or a, in ideas and, and, and the power to move on without the old one saying like, well, it's not going to work. So you say, I think that this, this interesting field uh, to work in. Mm-hmm. Stories are a great way Absolutely. to to, uh, to convey that message without saying, yeah. you know what you should do, uh, because yeah. that that's preaching, yeah. and uh, yeah. we don't yeah. like that uh, that much. Uh, in certain circumstances, yeah. we do, but most often we don't. Yeah. So if you, if you tell a story, then the interpretation is yeah. at the other side. Yeah. And Absolutely. That, uh, that's I, I used technique. That, that technique yesterday. I was doing a, a presentation on um, situational mastery, as, as I uh, like to call it. It's in, to what extent are you, do you like to master the situations in which you are? Uh, and basically, if you compare it to like me, for instance, on my motorbike, <laughs> I like to be 100% master of any situation while driving. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't like to leave anything up to coincidences. But how is it in, in life? How much do you master and how, much, how, how often are you on the effect side or the cause side of things? And I used the story of a, a kid who was being bullied at school. And that was like... The whole thing, like in the beginning, he didn't master anything at all. It all happened. Mm. And then as we move through the story in the end, this guy was like completely out of of, of his, his frustrations. And this story was full of tips and tricks and small mm. learnings, but without either me as a coach or any authority telling, this is what you should do and this is how it works. No, it was just a story and everybody filled it in in their own personal way the points they recognize and it's the power of i think we had one podcast about the power of stories and, and yes, how it how yes, it works yes, yeah well, the, a, the the thing uh, what you should do is yes, oh my yes, god yes. that's so yeah. uh, annoying I, yeah, condescending yeah. on people i was having so. a coffee last i think last week in uh, in a, a train station in, in brussels and 
two tables away from me were like two colleagues. You obviously saw they were two colleagues. And even without me knowing what they were talking about, you saw that there was one um, victim who was like, uh, and then there was one so-called hero who wanted to help. And the only thing the hero said was, and they should stop doing this and they better do that. And it's a scandal. They do this. And, they, and, and I was like thinking almost out loud. And what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> but always like blaming and uh, oh, putting yeah, responsibility a, yeah. on the shoulders of, of other people, passing yeah. the monkeys and, and stuff like that. So, which actually within an innovation mindset isn't really. <laughs> it's it's a bus killer. Uh, yeah, if you have people in the team that do that and you know what they should do and you know what. And and, yeah. and it's those people that you need to challenge yeah. and say, okay, yeah. then do it. Yeah. You know, apparently how it's supposed to be done. Yeah. Just go and do yeah. it. Here's some money. Yeah. Go and be fruitful, yeah. and and they all no no no. But but I have I have my job. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Can't okay, that stop nagging, please. Yeah, and, and that is that is the challenge in, in companies implementing that mindset. Uh, is you are enforcing change. Mm -hmm. So changing a mindset or changing a culture is probably one of the most difficult things to yeah. do in any organization. Uh, you can change strategy, you can change uh, methodologies, you can mm -hmm. change processes, but changing culture is really difficult. Yeah. But having that innovation mindset, eliminating the yes, but question, uh, looking at opportunities instead of risks, just try out new things. Uh, don't be afraid of failure yeah. mm -hmm. because that's an integral part of, of the process. Yeah. Um, that is, is, is probably one of the things that is the hardest to do, but the most interesting for companies. The other things I say, like um, uh, do do flip thinking. With, uh, flip thinking is... I like that very much. Explain yeah. it for the, yeah, yeah. the audience. Flip thinking yeah. is a workshop we, yeah. we also do. It's, yeah. it's uh, about one day process mm -hmm. where you take your team through it. Uh, but afterwards, you can have a flip thinking task yeah. force. Yeah. Flip thinking is uh, suppose that there's on the outside an external company uh, that is sole mission is to to make sure that you get out of business they just want to make sure that you don't have anything in terms of business yeah. anymore what would that company do and as a flip thinking task force what you actually do you become that company yeah so you start disrupting yourself and then you need to defend against that disruption so that's flip thinking mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's a really interesting dynamic because people are definitely not used to that uh, we use uh, harsh words like destroy yeah. and uh, and it's war and people get very uncomfortable. But yeah. that's the whole point. And if people say, <laughs> like in one of the workshops, somebody said, I'm so far out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Good, you stay there. Don't go back to your comfort zone. And uh, it's only at the very end of the day we say, look, we, we deliberately use yeah. some harsh words and, and yeah. don't be offended by them. But it's just to get you into that flip thinking mindset. Absolutely. So that's a process and a process can be learned. And the third thing next to mindset and, and, uh, and the, the flip thinking task force is uh, just start doing stuff. Even though you know it's not going to yeah. be perfect, just start building something Look at what new technologies can do for you. What scenario would make sense to do them yeah. in and just build it and start doing things. And people might say, yeah, but what if we fail? Yes, then you fail. Learn yeah. from it Absolutely. and move on. Yeah, Couldn't agree more.
So that is that that uh, that innovation mindset mm-hmm. uh, translated into concrete actions because yeah. we we don't want to stay too fluffy with, with most of our workshops that we do is uh, mm-hmm. is it's the same thing. Yeah, you want it's, people uh, to want, leave with yeah. very tangible key yeah. takeaways that they can actually the day after they can put in practice and and see yeah. and feel the um, the results and the consequences yeah and the impact yeah, absolutely much in favor absolutely. of that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. How are we about timing? Well, I have no idea. I'm just it's talking like, here. Oh, it's just a 24, so we still okay. got, we a, few, still got uh, a bit of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Well, great. Maybe uh, going further on, yeah. the, on that uh, mindset and that belief system, uh, the, the, where do you think that a, a, the belief system, we, we already briefly mm-hmm. touched yeah. upon it, uh, where does it come from and what if you... Uh, find out for yourself that you're stuck in a belief system. How do you get out? Do you have any tips for our listeners? Well, I think, first of all, you need to be open and curious. I think that that is a a mindset that you need to accept for yourself and and be open to it. So think in options and not in in one fixed scenario, Um, which is easy for people who naturally think in options. (laughs) But if we make the comparison with the equalizer, we, we did in, in, in another uh, podcast where you, you, you come on this world with a, a sort of a preset, like maybe you're jazz, maybe I'm rock and roll. And as long as I'm in a scenario where there is rock and roll music, my equalizer preset will be fine. This is translated into either MBTI or disc profiles or anything else. So it's good to know your basic presets. But then, and one of the presets for some music is like, hey, or for some people is like, I think in options and other people think that no, there's only one way and this is, I stick mm-hmm. to it. So the first thing you need to accept for yourself is that there is this slider that you can move. And where if you feel that you think in options, that you know that you can also think in fixed scenarios. And even more important, if you feel that you tend to stick to one solution or one belief, that there is an, an opportunity to do better. And the interesting end is an ideal way of starting. This is what I'm going to do. Interesting. And what else could you do? Oh, this is what I could do. And what else could you do? And and keep on asking until you have like nine or ten options. So that's the first thing. And then the, the, the second thing is if you, you think in options and you have this natural curiosity aroused in yourself, it is... Ask yourselves um, how you became who you are. So I like to uh, use the, um, the, the principles explained in The Human Givens by uh, Ian Griffith and John Terrell, um, who say that we are all like born with, with the same buckets, but they're empty when we're born. Or some of them are genetically filled with, with some luggage. Um, and the most Tangible one is the language bucket. So uh, you're born in Belgium. I'm born in Belgium. So our language bucket got filled with Dutch. Mm-hmm. Uh, my spouse was born in France. So her language button was uh, bucket was filled with French. And now the thing is that if we would only know the language that is in our bucket and we go to England, we won't go very far because nobody will understand us. And it will be very difficult to move along. So what we do is... We are, first of all, aware. Jesus, I can't make myself understood. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's only Dutch in my bucket. Hmm, Maybe I should add English and French and German. It requires an effort. So then you have to study, you have to learn, you have to practice. 
And then you see that in this bucket, there is like three languages, four languages. And when the situation changes, all of a sudden you're able to get better to your point than if you would not have the capability of speaking the languages. Now, this is very tangible. But what about all the other buckets that together make up your belief system? What is in there? How did it get there? Were it your parents who were the example? Was it your school? Was it friends? Was it your cultural system? Was it the studies that you've done? Uh, were it certain convictions that were imposed on you or that you choose one way or the other? So how are they filled? And do these buckets with what's in it bring you, as Dutch <laughs> would bring you somewhere in Holland, but not in, in England, do they bring you where you want to be? So the curiosity is look in the buckets and challenge the buckets and be willing to let other stuff and, and maybe do it yourself, uh, mm. add it to it, like you would learn a language, learn new skills, uh, follow workshops by little big <laughs> partners, <laughs> get inspired and make sure that in the end, when you are in a situation that you would like to master, you can get back to your buckets, choose the buckets that are the most suited for the occasion, use them and then put them back. And make sure that in the buckets, whatever is in there, you either accept it, you know the origin, mm -hmm. and you have added what you think you would need to be more powerful. That so would be sort my of two a, cents. A mental flexibility. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. it's all about stretch. So it's to get back to the equalizer. It's being able, even if your preset would be rock and roll. But if you come into a church and some more classical music would be required, that should sound perfectly in a very big open space that is in no way conceived for audio uh, mm. transmission, that you are able to get into there. So like, okay, this is a slider. This is one. This is one we're going to move up. This is one we're going to move down. And now I'm for the moment, for the occasion and for the time lapse that I will be here. This will be my preset. And I feel totally comfortable with it. And then I get out and I move back to my, my own preset. And also if someone challenges you and says like, hey, have you ever tried a um, flamenco preset? <laughs> that you don't say yes, but. <laughs> I say, yeah, interesting. I, I've, I've, or I haven't done it, but tell me, how can I do it? And then be open and absorb and learn. Yeah. yeah. Really interesting. I have the feeling there's a, a whole podcast uh, behind this topic of uh, there definitely the equalizer is. Yes, and yes. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so many more. Mm -hmm. yeah. So maybe we should uh, we should keep that for the next podcast. It was a, a yeah. nice segue into that yeah. one. So uh, do stay yeah. tuned for podcast number nine, which is Absolutely. probably going to be on the equalizer or the uh, mixing yeah. board the or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That's a good idea. Any closing anecdote you want to share? Well, um, come to think of it, there was uh, recently an event where I gave a presentation. And beforehand, I'm, uh, I'm talking to a gentleman from a certain organization. And uh, one of my stories is on, on uh, well, the keynote was on the impact of digital and the innovation mindset and uh, how what you can do as a company. Basically, what we've mm -hmm. just covered. Yeah. And uh, the guy talks to me and he say, uh, well, I've, I've read the, the invite, but we don't do anything digital in our organization. Uh, we are a, <laughs> I won't mention these, the yeah. industry because there are yeah, that yeah, many okay. companies yeah. in that industry, but uh, we, we, we are a yeah. very simple, we make product X and we sell that and that's it, end of story. And uh, so that was his mindset when he got into the presentation. And halfway through, I'm telling the story of what uh, 
the uh, German elevator manufacturing company is doing uh, with uh, IoT and, and mixed reality and nothing to do with their industry, but just from a completely different sector. And you could see him look at me and getting a bit <laughs> pale and say, wait a second, that's exactly what we are doing just in a different industry. Let me take a note of that. And afterwards, it's uh, it was uh, he avoided me a little bit, but anyway, that's okay. That's his choice, uh, because his, his statement was we don't have any, anything digital. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, any company is becoming a digital company, yeah. and if you underestimate the impact of digital, you get into really troubled water, yeah. like Volkswagen underestimating the impact Boeing. of software, Boeing with the Air Max underestimating yeah. software. Um, ASCO last, yesterday yeah the hacking like, yeah. Uh, at ASCO <laughs> yeah. uh, so airline manufacturing mm -hmm. company so it's it's yeah. uh, if you underestimate um, the impact of digital it will get you into places you don't want to be so yeah. stay open and have that mental flexibility as we couldn't agree you more just described with this closing idea all right we thank you for having been here with us and we look forward to talking to you. In Any questions can be sent to info absolutely. at littlebig.partners. If you want to re-listen to any of the podcasts, go to iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify. Spotify or through the website littlebig.partners forward slash podcast. Yep. And if you want to book us for a keynote, it's info at littlebig.partners and we will gladly tell you when we are available to inspire you, your team, your company, your world. Thank you and talk to you soon. Bye bye. Little Big Backstage Sessions. Thank you for listening.